We've all felt left out. And for people who move to this country, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Coming up on the WSJ Media Mix podcast, Fox's Joe Marchese stops by to talk about the future of TV ads amid digital disruption. Welcome to the WSJ Media Mix podcast, bringing you interviews and analysis with people that matter in the fast-changing media business. Hello and welcome to the WSJ Media Mix podcast. I'm Media Marketing Bureau Chief Amol Sharma. I'm joined by uh, advertising editor and senior writer Suzanne Vernicia, the best in the business. And in the house, we've got uh, Joe Marchese, we're very thrilled to have. Uh, he was recently appointed head of ad sales for Fox Networks Group. It's a great time to have him here. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Thanks for um, having me. Of course, this is the... Um, this is the, the week of the annual uh, extravaganza known as the upfronts when TV networks make their big pitches to, uh, to advertisers and roll out their programming for the fall and talk about new ad formats and debates in the ad world, which there are plenty now. So we're going to get into some of that. Um, a little bit about Joe. He founded um, Truex, which is a company that, that pioneered a, a, type of, a new type of interactive ad experience. And uh, that's sort of meant to replace TV-like ads, and he's been a, he's been a, an advocate and a, and a, a vocal uh, presence in the ad world when it comes to experimentation and advertising and kind of rethinking the entire ad model. So it's an interesting time to have him come by here. Um, his company was acquired by uh, 21st Century Fox, and now he's, of course, uh, as we mentioned, leading ad sales across uh, Fox. Uh, the Fox Broadcast Network and a host of cable properties, FX, and if I'm not mistaken, the Fox Sports <coughs> cable channels as well. Right? Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's great to have you, Joe. You've literally you've been on the week for uh, on the job for like a week, I think. Right? Yep. Is that right? Okay. That's about right. Um, and this is this is kind of an interesting time to come into it. It's <laughs> it's it's uh, interesting. Is a good choice. Of interesting words. is a good. Yeah. I mean, the main metric that. TV networks have used and continue to use to sell advertising, of course, is their ratings and mm-hmm. you know the size of the audience that watches shows. And if no matter how you slice it, if you take out sports, it's basically bleak across the board. For Why most would you people. take out sports? Well, <laughs> I guess you wouldn't. But <laughs> it it just raises the question: I mean, it, it, coming into this environment mm-hmm. new, and your job is to convince people. Okay, you might be hearing about. Ratings are down for entertainment programming and, and whatnot, but you need to convince them to spend more this year than last year mm-hmm. <laughs> at higher prices. Right. How, do you, how do you do that when that's the environment you're operating in? Well, I mean, when there's less and less availability for them to reach people, that's, I mean, I, I look, I was an economics major, and since then I really haven't touched economics, but I know that when supply decreases uh, and demand remains the same, price goes up. I mean, so if ad-free options are growing and impression volume and i would i would argue the viewership number because how we count viewers who are watching in on demand environments and digital environments but like like content viewing is going up um but if you look at it that way like it, it absolutely makes mathematical sense now whether or not like we trade on the same currency that's that's perfectly open for debate Right. It makes math sense. But clearly, if I'm an advertiser, I'm not happy about paying more for less. They've been upset about it forever. And given that they have lots of options nowadays, um, it's not as easy as a sell. And now it's your job to sort of come up with a new way to sell. So how do you do it? Well, let's challenge the idea of more for less. Um, You know, CPM rate is cost per thousand. Mm -hmm. So you're paying more for cost per thousand. You're not paying more for less. 
Right. Well, you're still you're still not seeing the ratings go up on the shows that you want, right? Sure, but so you, you pay. still have to buy the GRPs. Right, but you but you still at the end of the day you pay per thousand. So you have to like we have to produce audience to make good on, on a rate. So so the more per less is a great you know is a good talking point. But when you pay cost per thousand, if we have less, you pay less. But the truth is, if we do it right and we get cross platform, um, there's plenty of places to reach people. Now that said, I also would argue the point that there's lots of places to reach people, as I did kind of during the upfronts, which is mm-hmm. there really isn't a lot of places where people sit and watch a, a sound-on, full-screen, 30-second ad. I mean, I live on other platforms. I live on my phone. I can't tell you how many 30-second ads I've watched in total. So so mm-hmm. the, like, the the idea is that, like yes, there is, a, there is a shrinking supply, but what we have to do as an industry, kind of our challenge is we have new tools. Let's use them. We have interactivity and data. Let's use them. Um, and I think it's, uh, you know, look, not everyone is going to trade in the new metrics. Some people are going to say, hey, this feels like we're, something's wrong. Um, but those that do are going to have an outsized advantage. Well, the problem is there's no standard yet, right? Like right. Everybody's testing and learning. But we're, we've been talking about this for years. Are we ever going to get away away from the ideas like nothing is ever going to be standard again? Mm-hmm. I mean, you you introduced new products last night. Mm-hmm. Um, other networks are doing the same. But yet we still haven't answered the question is, you know, you brought up adding in ratings from other platforms, from the mobile device. Yet mm-hmm. no one's accepting the new currency from Nielsen, right. or at least only a few are. So right. doesn't the industry need to compromise some level on this stuff just to get business to to move in the right direction. Yes. I mean, <laughs> put simply, yes, we need we need standards. You know, I, people ba- uh, just bash on the 15 and 30 like like that's the problem. Look, I I, I don't care if they're 6 second ads or 10 second ads or 12 second ads or cost per second would be fine with me. Like like there's a lot of things that we'd be fine with. We need to agree on the front end to have a standardization. I think you're seeing a lot more of it in this in this upfront. Like, like we announced for Fox Two, two announcements that involved other broadcast networks, right, mm-hmm. or, or other networks. One being the mode announcement that we want to use their measurement cross-platform because we'll be able to show that a television impression is, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight times better than some of the digital impressions you're buying, but you're buying those on a different standard. That's why we want to show it a kind of a cross-platform, and that includes FEP, and that was with NBC saying, look, we're going to agree to this as, as a measurement standard. And we had OpenAP, which is we announced, you know, look, we're moving forward on that. We had announced it before with Viacom and Turner. These are baby steps, but these aren't things I, I, I think that we've seen in years past. We've started to say, look, we're going to start adopting standards together. I think the business had no no choice but to come together, exactly. right? You have basically to the walled gardens on this side of the fence, which are controlling all the data. Mm-hmm. And you have advertisers that actually want some different options. So if you hadn't come together as an industry, but how far will it really go? I mean, you can talk about these alignments, but um, you talk about data sharing. But, mm-hmm. it, you know, if Comcast has all the data in this equation, or at mm-hmm. least most of it with the set-top box data, does doesn't that really need to open up to really get us to a place where we can actually see real live data from set top boxes rather than sort of, you know, using, you know, people in the market for cars mm-hmm. and the likelihood mm-hmm. that they're all watching a particular program? You know, I won't speak to whether Comcast needs to open up in order to get there. <laughs> I would actually say that more IP delivered video in general, there's a lot of different ways in which data is is there. I, I don't think you need to talk about sharing. I think you need to talk about like, OK, look. 
the clients have their own data and agencies have their own data about where they think these people that they would like to target live. What we need is a market clearing price for how valuable those people are, right? But what was interesting about that uh, that partnership, that I guess the open AP thing mm-hmm. you mentioned was, I first saw that and I saw, oh, okay, three media companies teaming up to sell mm-hmm. ads and it has something to do with an automation mm-hmm. sort of data. So I thought, oh, this is it. This is that right. big enchilada of mm-hmm. people are going to go. You're going to, a client is going to be able, or a buyer is going to be able to look at a pool of inventory, mm-hmm. target, create their profile mm-hmm. they want, just like they would on Facebook. Right. I want first time right. home buyer, yep. you know, root beer drinkers, whatever mm-hmm. it is, and then hit them across all the shows, across all those TV networks. And then I, I saw it's, it's not that. Mm-hmm. It seems to be more of a let's agree on the categories we're all right. going to sell, just a standard. Is that, right. is that, it like, is, it is a half step to what uh-huh. you just described, yeah. but it is a half step. I mean, you had to do yeah. this first in order to do the second step. So let's say first time home buyer is the category. Actually, my, my favorite, my favorite example recently, because everyone wants to get out of auto and tenders and those. Stuff. My favorite is a heavy detergent household. I don't know what that means. So I'm going to assume like is that you, a you, thing? That's pretty oh, that's a it total is. thing. Yeah. 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 Anyone with, yeah. knows Anyone with yeah. kids, basically. Right. Yeah, it's well, the yeah. people that always <laughs> use extra detergent. Yeah. Nobody ever uses yeah. the cap full. They right. love those That's people. And, okay. yeah, and, and like, yeah, they, they could be messy. They could have kids. They could just yeah. you know eat sloppy, not, not tuck a napkin in. I don't know. But the, uh, but the idea of a heavy detergent household, okay, well, they know where they are. They don't want to share it. That's fine that, that they know. Um, but they go to Viacom, and they have to do it once, and they go to Turner, and they have to do it once, and then they come to Fox, and they have to do it once. And then we know, there's no agreement as to how many of those were delivered at the end. We, we say one thing. So this idea of having a third party, this was step one to get to what you're talking about. But you also can't even scale. For an advertiser, you know, you still need to do multiple, you know, to find those audiences across one network. At least enough of them would be hard. So there has to be some standardization right. so you can and scale this Exactly. Thing. So that, that's why this is a first step. And, and, I, and I, I've kind of tried to make that very clear. Like, a lot a lot of people thought it was a lot of things when it came out. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest deal is an agreement to a standardization. Standardization scales. Every time I hear a network come up with, oh, we've got this great new ad product that, you know, it it overlays and then it does this and then it does that. I'm like, great, you've just made a lot more work for yourself, which is great. But you should keep doing those. And then if one works, people should adopt it, right? Otherwise, you're trying to get the buyer to adopt yeah. like five different paradigms. And, and, and how do they, they how do they decide to, to pay that? Yeah. You, you'll never have a market clearing price. Like, I mean, you guys they, they say the market's here all day. If we if everything is worth a little bit of a different amount, how how do you price it? And to yeah. be fair, the, lots of the buyers had been doing this with the data that they were collecting and and using it against the networks to go and say, figure out on their own, like poll data showing them that car buyers are watching, you know, mm-hmm. and they do their own matching, and then they'd go and find you know long tail cable cheaper. So. In all honesty, they're poo-pooing it because they've been doing it. Now just the networks want to take advantage of the fact that they can do it for you and charge you more because, you know, there's a premium for reaching targeted. So there's going to be some push and pull here because you've got buyers that are saying, like, we could do this ourselves. Now you guys have the tools and you want to do it, but that just means we're going to charge more. Like, so there's there's still some tough terrain to like, yeah. negotiate here. Look, there, there's no doubt. Uh, if it was easy, you know, I, I, <laughs> I, I'd, I'd take, take more vacations in, in the new role. You know, I kind of have volunteer distribute more than I uh, uh, got a promotion. But uh, the the thing about that is, though, in that negotiation with the agencies and the buyers and the clients and us in terms of what a person's time is worth, we've kind of left out the person mm. in terms of what their time is worth. So long tail cable inventory might be priced at one thing because historically that's what it looked like. But as we can get it to be more and more addressable and it's worth more, we should be doing everything we can to make the ad experience better for consumers, which also means reducing total ad load. And if we can do that, we can actually do better by the brands. And so that's a big deal. Is it um, in your ideal scenario, what would be the ranking in an, in an 
advertisers and ad buyers head of the important metrics one, two, three. Obviously, you don't think right now it's like you know average minute audience in prime time is supreme, and mm-hmm. then they claim to care about some other things, but mm-hmm. not quite yet. What in your ideal world would it be? I mean, look today, a an idea of a. I love the Moat video quality score. Like we were, we were part of kind of as they were developing that. Like they were, we were bouncing ideas off of. Like, Just explain that for people. So, who yeah. so, so the idea of a, like so, I, I would say, forgetting Moat for a second, like just because I would say that the idea of a binary impression, either it is an impression or is not an impression, whether it took up half the screen, the whole screen, sound on, ten seconds, five seconds, everything I just listed for you is an impression, and it was viewable, right? But that's a binary state. I think cost per visible audible second could be a very interesting thing, but even that doesn't take up screen real estate. What if the whole ad is viewable but only in the bottom corner and it's on there for 30 seconds? Is that the same as the whole ad on the whole screen for 30 seconds? And you begin to see the problem we have as a currency is we need to figure out, okay, what's the baseline unit? And the baseline unit should be, is there a likelihood that my message was delivered mm. to a person? And so, what? okay, well, what are all the components of if a message was likely delivered to a person? Well, what was the real estate on the screen they were looking at? Was the sound on? I, honestly, if someone clicked to play, you have a 100% chance that they're sitting there, right? Because I, I, I actually do like interaction as a, as a category, not so much as, oh, it makes the message this much more valuable if you can interact with it, but as a, I know for a fact the person's sitting there. So if you can get to guaranteed attention, that should be the root I understand that that's a little bit away, but I actually especially think, on the digital side, you can't even get anybody to agree what a visual, a real impression is viewable. Well, I that's, mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. We've been still talking about this four years later. Yeah, but you know, I mean, it's some of that's systemic in the industry on purpose, right? Like, I mean, like, like the idea of of a lowest common denominator on what a viewable impression is is because, you know, some big publishers, you know, I, you guys included, others included, right? Who said. Uh, well, we don't want to set a higher standard because you're not going to pay us for a higher standard. Mm-hmm. So we want the lower standard. But the problem with the lower standard is, you know, you're never going to beat the quote-unquote long tail of the Internet that's out there, the tens of thousands of fake websites being set up and all these things. And so we wouldn't set a higher standard because we couldn't get paid enough more for it. And now we're kind of paying. And I actually think that the good news is, the good and the bad news is, look, not everyone's going to do this. You're right. Not everyone's going to adopt this. But yeah. I, 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 would, I would be willing to bet and, and, and an economic outset that you can do that. Like the, if I, one brand per category starts thinking smarter about the way they buy media, you'll see the return. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with Joe Marchese on the WSJ Media Mix podcast. We've all felt left out. And for people who move to this country, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. The Future of Everything podcast from the Wall Street Journal. Coming Friday, May 19th. What's the future of space and the law? Companies like Elon Musk's SpaceX. High-tech guns. This is about choice in types of gun offered for sale. Brain implants. They didn't know how effective this was going to be. Urban farming. But what about a building that's 30 stories tall? And the mass production of meat. Now these cells came from a duck. The Future of Everything podcast from the Wall Street Journal. 
coming Friday, May 19th. Now, back to the show. All right, so Joe, you mentioned uh, that playing with ad load is another thing that you can do to change the equation here and, and I guess, increase attention, which you were just mm-hmm. saying isn't one of the important ingredients in TV ad value. What are uh, you, you announced something about um, you're going to play with that on mm-hmm. FX. Just walk us through what a person is going to see differently on FX, I guess, yeah. in the digital versions. Well, and not just digital, any any VOD experience. So it could be set-top box VOD uh, in home. Like So what we've looked at is, can we make up for the fact, so one VOD wasn't a well well monetized area because we've we've had different, again, legacy cur- uh, currencies, C7, you know, C3. Okay, so when do we change the ads out? In most VOD environments, is dynamic ad insertion even possible? So... Well, we looked at it and we said, well, if we actually go down to kind of a single sponsor environment, but we can make it targetable on data where we have it, um, does reducing the ad load actually make the brand the hero, which also adds to brand lift by itself? Like, it's one of these things where we can actually, first of all, without doing anything interesting with the product, by having one, think if you were one brand in an ad pod versus one of five in an ad pod, do you think the memorability goes up? Do you think the favorability goes up? That's already happens, Right. So you get that lift. And then in addition, if you start to talk to the consumer about, hey, this is the reason you're getting a better viewing experience, then then that positive association goes up too. Now, is that enough to make up for the ad elimination? Not entirely. But if we add that to the fact that we have um, data products to target, we start to get back to a place. And we've actually seen the return be higher than if you had put your ad in every ad pod in the VOD experience. And the consumers like it so much better. So like the... The shared you goal. You see the return be higher for the network or higher for the for the marketer? For the marketer. Okay. Right, but for what the about the network? Like, we've seen this yeah. across multiple networks. Like, mm-hmm. and you're the guy that wants yep. to kill advertising, right? Yep, you're apparently. Like, that's, apparently, that's you know, <laughs> you want to be killing advertising. Can My you title get to is a, confusing <laughs> to me. <laughs> can you get to a point yeah. where, like, these are not gimmicks, right? Yeah. Like, and, and a network is not going to come up short. Because yeah. as far as I can tell, every CMO is looking to cut costs every yeah. five minutes. They're right. up against a 90-day cycle. That's all they want to do. They're putting pressure on advertising. Yep. Can we? Do you think they have the appetites to pay more but to do this? Yes. I mean, well, it's a question of what you consider paying more is. Yeah. A $10 CPM that is only viewable half the time is already $20. And if it's only in view for five seconds instead of 30 seconds, it's actually uh, six times 20 is $120 CPM, right? Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, what's really more? Yeah, I, but logically, sometimes that's right. not how they think about it, right? They, they go to an upfront yeah. or they go and do their deals and they want to know is like, oh my God, my CPM was here right. this year right. and my CPM needs to this, roll back. Yeah, or, I, I agree. Yeah. So how, is, do we, how do you break that? Like, this, is what, this is what we're doing, which is saying, look, we're not going to, no one's going to break it overnight because yeah. look, I, we don't want to break it. Like, we, we come from the standpoint of someone has to win in a negotiation. Someone ended up with more and less. I got more money for this. Um, I don't think you get there overnight. I think one of the things we're doing with some of our new measurement and some of the metrics that matter is saying, look, we just want you to look at them at the same time. And you can you can still buy on a CPM basis. We can still have these. But we need a set of products that aren't CPM-based. And by the way, we're only talking tens of millions to hundreds of millions of dollars out of a multi-billion dollar market, right, that, mm-hmm. that we'll trade on. We're still going to trade a bulk, the massive bulk the way we have been. But we've got to start setting up alternative priced products that can scale. So we need to standardize them. We can't just set them up as alternative price products that sit by themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we'll start to see that. And then again, I truly believe that the ones who say, oh, well, I can, if, you, if you guys would like a $5 CPM rate, I can get it for you. Easy. Now, how many are going to be in view and what, 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 what does that do for your brand? You know, I've always joked, I'd say, great, I'll take a million dollars, I'll take 990000 of it and put it into 
you know, viewable TV ads or FEP player or VOD ads, and I'll just take the last 10,000 and I'll buy an ad network for, you know, 10 cent CPM. And on a blended average, your CPM rate went down. Well, this right? is why the other side of the persuasion that you have to do is not just here's the great value that we can add and why this you know the ad price should go up right. but it's it's here's why you're not getting what you think you're getting yes. from, yes. from exactly. Facebook and Google and but that then and not just Facebook, that means you have as much right. stake in the tr- in the in right. these metrics being standardized on that end exactly. as on your end no yeah. exactly and this has been part of the problem of total content ratings and and things we've looked at elsewhere which is like Okay, TV is measured on an average audience on a minute basis, and yeah. we want to measure reach on a second basis. Why should why should digital be re- measured on a second basis? What good is a second basis to a brand in video, in display? Maybe, maybe, and even then, I have a hard time with it. What good is a second basis to a brand in a video environment? It's actually polluting the fact. It's funny because now TV networks, when when they, when they have bad numbers, we now we they now send us their reach numbers. Yes. Yeah. and they're like, hey, if it's good enough for the other guys. Can't you? Can't you well. But we hold them to this data well, it's, it's, the Nielsen rating. It, right. If I'm a marketer, honestly, you're sitting there and, like, you you know, it's not new for you. You've been right. sort of chowding this for a long time, like, mm-hmm. you know, going after digital and the measurements, the issues that they've had, and you've used it during the upfront. Mm-hmm. Now everybody's sort of following suit with all the problems that they've had. Do you think Do you think that works? Do you think advertisers are welcoming that, the, the idea, like, they are starting to have these questions, and do you think it'll benefit you? I mean, you, well, clearly you've just got the job, but mm-hmm. are you seeing, like, last year there was money that came back to television mm-hmm. because of some of the issues over fraud and viewability. Yep. This year, there's some inkling that this could happen again. What do, what's the early signs? I know it's yeah. early, but clearly no. you know enough marketers. Do you think there yep. is money to sure. be had because of these issues? 100%. Actually, I mean, I know it. I mean, okay. Fox, so, you know, for the past two and a half years at Fox, I've been running our advanced ad products mm-hmm. group, which did these types of products, and, and we've seen significant growth in a meaningful amount of money, nothing that we break out, but in, in you know multiple tens of millions of dollars of, of trading on these new types of metrics. Now, en- enough to get you the job, I guess. Yeah, en- 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 enough that you know I got to had to put a tie on uh, this week, <laughs> yes, which, which there were over-unders on my team as to whether or not I wear a tie, but you know, I just wanted to surprise people. <laughs> but the... Uh, the but, the, but yes, the answer is yes to that, and the answer is yes to this also, is that, again, you don't need all brands. You don't need a whole industry to change. Like, a couple of brands say, hey, you know what? We haven't liked the way that this has been performing. We'll try this. for, for You'll see performance, and I think that that's, that's what will be interesting. It's I mean, they, they wanna, those guys, I mean, the marketers want to keep... Google and Facebook on us too, so they would love to have a case to. Oh, be that's able why to they did it last them, year. Right? Yeah, yeah. The difference is a few brands, a few big brands moving more money back to TV makes a big difference to you guys. A few brands pulling money off of Facebook and Google makes not that big of a deal to Facebook and Google, given their dependency on the sort of bottom half of the seventy percent. So, which is very, which, which should be very interesting to everybody. Yeah. But it is, you know, like look, everyone, everyone uses both as a negotiation tactic. Oh, well, right. if, if we don't get the price, we can always go there. And, yeah, like and, if and, I'm if I'm an advertiser sitting through new fronts as I did and mm-hmm. sitting through your presentation, ABC's that's mm-hmm. going on now and others, argue with me why I should not take, given the problems in mm-hmm. digital, the ratings problems mm-hmm. that TV has, argue the point why I should not take all my money out of every one of you mm-hmm. and buy back my shares. Because, <laughs> well, because because everything's a market share game, right? Like like okay, it's more expensive. But two, two or three points in market share one way or another, like, okay, the truth is that, like, getting, getting people's attention sh- is more expensive because it should be. It's harder to get more attention from people, right? Like, like, like people have ad-free options. People, yeah. people have distraction options. So, it, like, the market price is actually efficient for attention. It's just we don't know it yet because, like, all the garbage that's messing it up in the middle. 
pull pull your money back and and watch share shift happen because yes people are paying more for the attention they're getting but that little bit is actually worth more than it was before too. and I feel like the share shift if you look at a lot of the top companies out there in the fortune 500 like there's really little growth this year mm-hmm. right like and people are spending like we've had a pretty robust right. marketplace and yet there's not a lot of growth and there's being money being spent so there's broader questions happening within the ecosystem there's bigger digital. there's definitely bigger macro questions as to dollars like we keep hearing like well we're not you know, here or like where the dollars are going to be, but the, 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 at the end of the day, it's all you know. Everything's pies, right? And how much consumer spending is there? Well, okay, are they spending on if they're spending on ad-free products? Because we're not pricing their attention correctly. Well, now you one can't reach them that way, and two, they've just spent money on that that they now can't spend on goods and services, what, which is something we don't really think. Of. What do you, what's your you know going into this market? We were in a good place, I would say, in terms of the ad market. You know, end of last year is mm-hmm. a little hiccupy, but there's some softness going on. You've got the car makers that are really sort of showing some signs of um, stress here, which are the biggest categories. Are you sensing the ad market sort of slowing down? And what do you have any idea how that could hurt or hamper the upfront negotiations that you're going into? Mm-hmm. I mean, how much do you pay attention to sort of the, the overall tea oh, leaves, right? For sure. We look at the macro trends, yeah. but the macro trends in the economy are healthy, right? So yep. it's like you can, you can end up at both in both sides of this argument where it's like you look category by category but then you'd say wait a second if the macro economy is at this level it's somewhere like that money exists somewhere because again back to there's so much consumer spending out there there's you know, plus or minus a couple points for most marketers in terms of how what their marketing budgets are. And for every, you know, every marketer that might be down, there's a new Dollar Shave Club and, and, and DraftKings FanDuel or whatever it happens to be that are spending in TV. Like, again, that was one of the points I made at the upfront. The single largest growth category in broadcast investment is digital companies, online yeah. companies. And the reason is, is that it, it's like there's going to be growth. If, if the whole economy is where it is, then there's going to be growth and there's going to be demand for those. And so the thing to be careful about is is not getting ahead of yourself on, on you know, like, okay, wh- where is the whole market going to be? It's looking at a case by case because it's not all about price. Some, some, some of it's going to be about a modern revenue organization for a media company should be as much about we need to make sure we keep our viewers happy in addition to maximizing revenue. And it's a balance between the two. All right, we're going to leave it there. Thanks so much, Joe. Um, Great to have you by. This was awesome. And um, Suze, as always. Joe, good luck with your future endeavors and bold yeah. experiments in TV advertising. I'm sure it'll be a quick sell to get everyone to <laughs> yeah. right when over will you, When oh, will you have this wrapped up? Can we yeah. count on Monday? Well, I gotta, yeah. I'll check my emails when I get back. And just <laughs> yeah. see if they, I'm, I'm assuming they just the direct deals deposit are coming it. in right now. Yeah. Yeah. Pizza. We're going to have pizza <laughs> we'll in the check. office tonight. Well, we'll check back in and see, uh, yeah. and see how it went. We'll have you back. Uh, and thank you for listening. We'll um, catch you next time on the WSJ Media Mix podcast. Stand by for a new podcast experience. The Future of Everything podcast from The Wall Street Journal, coming Friday, May 19th.